Hey neighbors, I'm your host Tamara. And I'm your other host, Christina. And together we are the Flower House. I did not do the pause there so that Christina could do like the cute thing where she jumps in too, because we are low-key phasing that out. It's season two and we want to pick something else that's really cute. So if you have any suggestions, let us know on our Instagram, which is Flower House Podcast on Instagram. So go follow us if you don't follow us yet. So Christina, what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about a pretty deep topic as we promised we would introduce more deep topics into season two. Yes. So we're going to be talking about failure and how we face failure and how it's important to have. (laughs) As sad and ironic as that sounds. So let me go ahead and ask you, Tamara, what types of failure do you think there are? Oh, well, I don't know why I'm being dramatic. There are... (laughs) I think there's there's more than one type of failure, right? I think at the surface, when you think of failure, you think of things that you didn't succeed in, right? So failure is the absence of success. I guess that's how I would define it if, I, if someone asked me to say, hey, what is failure, right? But I think that there are so many different types where you could have a relationship failure where, hey, you tried a relationship and it didn't work out. You could have an emotional failure where you tried to be happy and it didn't work out. You could have a career failure where you tried this new job and it didn't. You know, as long as you're trying something, if it doesn't work out, that's a failure. But I think that failure is so necessary for success. Right. If you've only ever had candy, you don't understand a lemon, right? I mean, so, I'm okay with the candy and no lemon, but yeah. But you don't appreciate it yeah. if you've never had the lemon, right? Right. If, if all you've ever done was fly, how can you appreciate walking? So there's so many different things where you need in life to grow in and with a success, I don't really think that you grow as much as you do in failure. Nothing makes you pull your act together like seeing a red F that said, try again. Red F for failure. F for failure. <laughs> exactly. And, and we all do it. So, and if you don't, then I'm sorry. Big applause for the most perfect person in the world. Congratulations. I, I I would I'm honestly more sorry to a person that's never failed. Yeah. Than than someone that's failed continuously. Because to never fail and I'm sorry, I still have a cold, so I sound stuffy. And I still have allergies, so I still sound stuffy. That's just her life. I don't I don't know what to tell you. But to never fail in life is is to never learn. It's to never do anything that you're not good at. And it's just, it's one of those things where once you do it, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. And then you start trying more things and you get better and you improve as a person. And I've gone way beyond the question that you've asked me. (laughs) But I think it's definitely a lesson that is better learned younger than older. Yeah. 
I, I agree with that. And, you know, I feel like it's, you fall down harder when you're older and you fail because I guess as you get older, I feel like, like at me, it's like, I should have known better or I should have known that I shouldn't have messed that up. Like you have yeah. higher expectations of yourself than when you're a kid. Cause when you're a kid, it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm a kid. I make mistakes. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'm not supposed to know anything. I'm a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah, but don't eat rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would call that failure. I think I would just call that experimenting with stupid ideas. <laughs> New ideas. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you're right. There are many different types of failure. And I actually Googled this question. What did Google say? Almighty Google. Google said failure could be fit. It's in three different categories. And that is preventable failure, unavoidable failure, and intelligent failures. And I thought that was really interesting because not all failures are preventable. Some aren't your fault. You know, like they're unavoidable. Is that a failure? I mean, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean it's your fault, but... Is it a failure or is it the successful location of an end? I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Like another way is like, what is failure to each person? Right. And I guess I'm the glass half full type of person because if I could spend, hey, an unpreventable failure to, hey, you just found out the path that's not going to work. Try the next one. Yeah. You'll be fine. But I'm sorry, I'm sure Google's right. Well, Google has their own opinion right now. <laughs> We're bringing in Google's opinion in here. If you wanted to bring someone else into the podcast, you should have just said that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so true because even like, this is like an instance, an example, like having a really bad day, but at the end of the day, you learn things about the day that could improve your next day or the day after that. So is it a failure if you learn something new about it? You know, it might feel like I had a failed day, nothing worked out, but I guess it just depends on how you look at it. It absolutely does. And I started doing this thing last year where I, I try to, like I look back on the me last year in 2021 And I'm amazed at just how much I've grown, like, in the way that I deal with myself and I look at things. And I think it's just exponential. But one of the things that I started doing last year was when I have a bad day, when everything seems like it's just going terribly, terribly wrong, I read a list of all of the things that went wrong. All of them. Oh, man, I stepped in a puddle. Oh, man, this dog got loose and it was muddy. So it ran into me and I got mud on my pants and mud in my car because I had to sit in my car. And, oh, I got a flat tire and on and on and on, right? All of the things that are woe is me. My ice cream melted. But. Not the ice cream. (laughs) But then I make a list. Of all of the things that went right in the day. Oh. And and that list could be, you know what? A stranger said good morning to me. 
Or I woke up on time. I made my bed. I brushed my teeth. I woke up. You know, whatever it is that I have to find to make that good list outweigh the bad, to just say, hey, these are all the things that could have gone wrong. You will find it. (laughs) Exactly. You're going to find it. But it's important to get it out so you're not like constantly sitting and thinking about it. And it's just... It's awful to just sit there and fester it in. Everything will continue to go wrong if you allow it to go wrong. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's really easy to fall in that trap of like, nothing's going right today. Uh, Everybody's in a bad mood. Uh, It's, it can be really easy to get caught in that negative vortex. But in terms of failure, let's move on to why we think it's important to have failure in our lives and I'll go ahead and say what I think like you said earlier that's how you learn new things you know you try something out it doesn't work out okay but you would have never known unless you tried and if you didn't try you would have asked yourself for all the years to come I wonder if that would have worked out I wonder if I you know what if I didn't do that and you do it you find out well you learn from it you move on it's okay. And another thing is, I think that when people have failure, they have empathy for other people. So it creates someone more sympathetic towards others, I think, if that makes sense. (laughs) It definitely teaches empathy. Because until you experience something, you can sympathize with it. But how can you empathize with it? How can you feel what that person is feeling if you've never felt that feeling? You can only imagine. Right. But if you've been somewhere, if you've done something, it's almost like trying to explain to someone why you're doing something out of love, right? Because I think that love is one of those things that people are like, oh, in love you do this and that. And everybody's just like, uh... You look stupid. But, the, <laughs> you know, when other people experience that, they're like, oh. And I've heard that so many times, right, where people will say, why would you do that for your child? Why would you do that for your husband? Why would you do that for, you know, whoever? And then once they experience that, they're like, oh okay, now I'm in that situation. And we end up with a lot of those, well, if it was me, well, it's not you. And if it was you, you don't know how you would react because you've never been in that situation. Right. So I think it's really important to face those things, you know, face failure and things like that, where you experience the novelties of life or the normalcies of life, I should say, where you can now relate to the human experience. If if you don't get your heart broken, then you won't be able to relate to your friends that are heartbroken, right? right. If, if you never have a child, you won't be able to relate to your friends that have children. If you never wear heels, if you never had a menstruation, there's so many different things you're not going to be able to relate to if you've never experienced that. You can sympathize with it and you can say, I kind of, I understand. But until you 
live it. It's really hard to be within that. But there is a song by... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to sing it, I promise. So there's a song by Heather Healy, and it's called I Wish. And she sang the song for her child. It's the way it's recorded. It is a mother to her child. And I assume a son just because mothers and sons, they're like the most dynamic duo, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mothers and sons and fathers and their daughters. But one of the lines in the song And I'm not going to read the whole song, but just like a short, I guess, paragraph is, I wish you rainy days so you can know the beauty of a clear blue sky. I wish you falling leaves so you can understand that seasons change. A rainy day is something that we would think of as bad, right? Right. But without that rainy day, you don't appreciate the sunny skies. Right. Right. You don't appreciate the things that went right. Without the falling leaves, you don't understand that things change over time, that you're not going to be the same. The relationships that you have with people are not going to be the same. And there's so many things that you just don't understand until you face the quote unquote unpleasantries of life. And I think that's just, it's so important to feel that and experience that so that you can be a better person you can grow and become something better than you were before so soapbox concluded it's true you don't appreciate sunny days without rainy days and going back to like empathy part i mean yeah if someone's winning at something all the time and they don't like say someone is really good at something uh-huh. one specific thing and they're always good at it they don't know what it's like not to be good at it. Right. So they can't sympathize with someone who's struggling. They're just like, oh, well, what's wrong with you? Why Why can't you do this? You know? And then when they finally struggle with it, it's like, oh, oh, okay. I, I understand now. Right. It sounds awful because we don't want people to feel like they're failures. You know, it's not good to feel like a failure, but it is important to have failure in your life, to be able to become a better person. And it's failure that's important, yes, but it's obstacles that we consider failure, right? It might not even be a failure, but it's an obstacle that makes you feel like a failure, right? And a perfect example is my first job out of college, right? Literally my first job out of college, not even a year and a half in, the pandemic hit. And I got laid off from my job. I was part of a huge layoff percentage-wise for the company. I think it was something like 35% or something. So it was was pretty big. But seeing my coworkers, and of course, nothing against anyone, but seeing my coworkers that didn't get laid off, you immediately start to compare yourself, right? Right. Where you're like, they must be better than me. Maybe they do better work than I do. Or they probably made the right decision laying me off instead of them because of this, that, and the other. And you start to feel like a failure. And 
everybody's around you, like, pull it together. Like, what are you doing? But it's like, at the same time, you have to, sometimes you have to take that failure and you have to say, okay, what can I do to prevent this from happening again? Right. And what can I do from making myself feel this feeling again? So I remember I called my dad because I, this is me again calling my dad. <laughs> Daddy, solve it. <laughs> uh, I'm sad. So I, I called my dad and I was just like, oh my God, like I got laid off. Like, what am I going to do? This, that, and the other. And he said to me, he was like, it's fine. Like, it, you know, it happens. You got laid off. You didn't get fired. So it's a, it's a bit of a difference. But even if you get fired, it, it still applies, right? And he said, remember that feeling. Don't ever forget that feeling. He was like, you have something, you're doing great, and it can be snatched away from you if it's not yours. And wow. so you need to put yourself in a place where you're going to be okay. Wow. So... It's, it's one of those things where even now when I talk to people, people like at work or people just in general that, you know, are working other jobs and things like that, my outlook is completely different because I'm like, you don't know that feeling. So you have this, you have this ingrained entitlement that is amazing to me. And it's a, it's a false sense of reality when when you don't understand how quickly something can be taken right and so that something that felt like a failure it felt like a failure it hurt but i'd say it's probably one of the best things that have happened to me right because i'm like okay if you fire me i get laid off so what yeah i'll figure it out like what can you do to me there's right. nothing you can do to me unless unless I do something illegal. So taking all that, you know, how you overcame that failure leads me to my final topic we want to talk about. How do we cope and motivate ourselves after failure? Because I think this is the hardest part, right? You know, failure happens, but the hardest part is picking yourself back up after failure because you feel like you can't do anything right. You're in that dark place of what, how do I do this? So I I can't really answer and say how I cope and motivate myself because that's something I still struggle with. Right. I mean, the only thing I could say is for me, like, I think, I don't think it's bad to feel failure. Like we said earlier, that's how you improve from it. So it's not, there's nothing wrong feeling that way. It sucks. I think some other things is like taking inspiration from other people's failures and seeing how they twist, like turn it into success. Cause that's motivating. Right. And it sounds weird, but accepting that responsibility kind of like, yeah, I messed up. Or even if you did mess up, like, Oh, this happened and moving on from it. So what about you? How do you cope with it? When that, ha- like when that happened, how do you move on from it and motivate yourself? <laughs> so the funny thing is, after I got laid off, um, because this is the one failure that we're talking about. So the thing about life is 
especially social media, and we bag on social media a lot on this podcast because social media is bad for our mental health. Oh, don't forget, um, guys, we have social media. <laughs> we do have, yeah, go follow us on social media. We're great for your mental health, just so you know. We'll tell you you're beautiful. So in this particular failure, one of the ways that I dealt with it was I drove to your house. What? I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I did. Remember, I just like drove to your house and just like hung out with you for like a weekend. And you were like, you should stay longer. And I'm like, no, I'm going home. But oh. yeah, like it was, it was like, it was so nice to just be around curls and oh. like, I'm like, oh, this like happy place. Like you, you come over like, I, I, like, I don't know which time this was, but I'm so glad that that helped. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, okay, this is a nice like little vacation, right? So, you know, this is something that we can turn from being a pure negative to just being like, hey, I got some extra time with with my nephew, with my friend, like, you know, it's this is nice. And then after that, it's like, okay, you have to remind yourself, right? You have to remind yourself like, all right, yeah, this happened. Cool. But I'm still good at things. I'm good at other things, right? So you have to list out the things that you're good at. And so one of the things that I did was I said, okay, what goes around comes around, right? So I'm going to put good into the universe. That's what I'm going to do. So I started editing people's resumes just for free, for fun. And I would help other people get jobs because it was hard finding a job at that time. Oh, yeah. I was just like, hey. Let me help other people get, res- you know, get their resume out. And people were getting jobs. And I was like, this is great. To this day, I have some friends that I met because I was like, hey, I see you're looking for a job. Let me help you with your resume. Aww. Just, you know, just for just to help. So I, you know, I got my resume right. And I, I realized that I'm really good at A, resumes. And B, I'm really good at interviewing which is why we have a podcast now. <laughs> it's because of the camera, for sure. <laughs> and so I just kind of like made a list of the things that I'm good at. And I'm like, all right, you're going to be in confident. So every interview that you walk into, you are be confident. Be the person that they want you to be. And I had a couple of job interviews. I had a whole lot of job interviews. Oh, rejection is hard. We need an episode on rejection. Oh, we'll do that. But what I got so often this when I was getting those rejections was I would say, hey, what can I do to improve? Because I read it online and I was like, yeah, you should try that. So I was like, you know, what do I need to do to improve? I still need a job. It's just not going to be the job that you're giving because you gave it to someone else. And I would hear so often, there's nothing that you can do better. We just hired someone that was older or someone that worked here before. And there was one guy, um, I wish I could remember his name, but, and I still have his contact in my phone. He said to me, he was like, you know, you are so qualified for this job. You're a really good candidate. He said, but I'm looking at you and you're going to be miserable. Oh. He's like, I can see by looking at you that you are extremely ambitious and that this position is going to make you bored. He did you a favor. He did. He did. But he he finally told me 
why. Someone told me what was the reason, you know, for you not getting this job. And he said, you know, if you need anything, you can reach out to me. I'll check on you in a couple months, see how you're doing. If you don't have a job, I'll offer you one. But you're going to be fine. And I was fine. And it was it was just really nice. It was a nice self-esteem boost. Yeah. To understand it really wasn't me doing anything wrong. Right. It was just people saying, can we keep her? No. I can live with that. Yeah. So long story short, it's about finding out what you're good at and keeping with that, putting your focus on what you're good at and not what you're not good at. Because at the end of the day, any failure that you face is just there to help you grow. And if you don't grow from it, you're going to do it again and again and again and again. And it's just going to keep ending up in front of you until you learn that lesson. And you don't want to be, you don't want to be a repeat offender failure. So well, you don't want to just keep failing in the same way. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. In the same in the same place. Yeah. Like if you keep tripping over the same shoe, move the shoe. <laughs> you know, come on, let's work together. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Your friends and family and being reminded like I'm loved. Regardless of what failures I have, I have a place in my life that I'm always, you know, like I'm, I'm welcome to. My yes. friends and family are still going to love me. That won't change. You know, I'm still me. And then being reminded of all the good qualities that you have and that you carry to carry you through to the next failure. So <laughs> I, I think that's really wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. And I think we're ready to move on to the good news minute. And I'll go ahead and share it. So astronaut Jessica Watkins becomes the first person to publish a science paper from space. And this is not necessarily like good news. It's just interesting, cool news to publish a paper from space, like a science paper from space. But yeah, Dr. Jessica Watkins. Yes, congratulations. Isn't it crazy to think that we came all the way from like man on moon to like, yeah, I'm doing my papers up here. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, it's really cool, but I also want to pause and kind of talk about the paper a bit. Not that I've read the paper and I'm I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to lie. But it's not like she wrote a college essay. These types of papers take years sometimes. And for it to be published is insane. Most people with without a graduate degree don't publish papers. So to have a published paper, to have done research to publish a paper is is a really big deal. And then to do that from space while your computer's like floating in the air. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Just publishing a paper in general is, <laughs> is already insane. But doing that from space is like, whoa. And we really love to see women be the first to do anything and everything. Go women! I mean, we're not biased. Go women. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> women and women of color. That's right. We we support all things great. So congratulations. And we are proud of you down here on Earth, girl. You did it. You up there. 
Exactly. Well, that sounds like scary. But oh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to call this one done. Like that paper. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. And we will see you next week in the flower house. Bye bye now. <laughs>